Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Annette Carabo. Dr. Carabo is an associate professor of medicine and clinical pharmacology at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, as well as in the Department of Molecular Physiology and Biophysics. This is the second episode with Dr. Carabo, and in this episode, we discuss how time-restricted feeding impacts the microbiota. This is a fascinating conversation as Dr. Carabo discusses the linkage between the circadian clock and the microbiota and how even the time in which you eat may impact metabolic disease. But before we get started, if you're looking for curated information for high performers just like you, then sign up for my free high performance newsletter adaptation. Every Friday, I'll send you cutting edge science and tools for your mind, body and recovery. Also, when you sign up, you'll get my free ultimate sleep cheat sheet, a quick start guide for improving your sleep. So sign up now by clicking the link in the show notes or going to www.ericcorum.com. But now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. And there's been a lot of attention paid to time restricted feeding. As a matter of fact, the New England Journal of Medicine has put out several phenomenal papers on this one that I just wrote about the other day with time restricted feeding and high intensity interval training and its effects on adiposity. How does time restricted feeding impact the microbiota? to define time-restricted feeding because it may not be obvious to everybody what it means. This is when you eat during a restricted amount of time, like typically it's usually 8 to 12 hours of daytime window, and then you fast the remaining 12 to 16 hours. And I also feel the need to differentiate this from intermittent fasting, which is, you know, can be confusing or even confused for time-restricted feeding, but this is, this is associated with the caloric restriction. So time-restricted feeding, you don't have to reduce your calories. It permits you to eat, you know, as much calories, but just during a time restriction. And that has been found a lot of papers, even experimental animal studies have shown that this has important cardiovascular and even cardiometabolic benefits. And there are some studies that show that this is through the gut microbiota. Interesting. Why do you think it's impacting the microbiota? Is it because we, there's a period of cessation where the, the gut's not having to deal with food? So uh, there is a whole field of research and, and that is just, it makes sense to me because there's something that we call the circadian clock. In every person, in every cell, we have a clock. All our hormones, you know, they, they function on a clock. You know, if, when you talk about time reset feeding, you have to determine, you know, you have to think about when is this feeding? Because is it nighttime or is it during the day? Because there's some research, apart from this, there's some research that shows that time of feeding, even regardless of calories, time of feeding can impact your metabolic disease. For example, if you, you're, you're working a night shift and you eat at night instead of during the day, that alone can dismantle your circadian clock, if you will, and can lead to cardiovascular disease. So if you disorganize this clock, we have animal studies where just disorganizing the circadian clock can impact cardiovascular disease. So I think that it has to do with a clock. Mm. And also the gut microbiota, there's research that shows that gut microbiota are sensitive to this clock. There are changes you know, day and night changes, hourly changes within the gut microbiota. Now you're, you're preaching to the choir, somebody that's a, a sleep 
nerd like myself, everything comes back to in training the circadian clock. And we know this makes so much sense that there's the primary zeit giver or time giver is sunlight, right? So that in train, that's like the strongest one, but temperature, yeah. humidity, food, and exercise. Yeah. So the food part makes a lot of sense. I've actually, I used to do a lot of intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding, I would say, but I found that I was more sympathetic dominant because when you don't have food, your sympathetic nervous system cranks up to release those catecholamines. It's trying to, you know, get free fatty acids into your bloodstream. Yeah. And I started eating more of a protein, healthy fiber, kind of rich breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing some research and found that, you know what, this is a strong anchor for my clock. And I'm more, I'm even more alert in the mornings. Yeah. And so it would make sense that if all of these cells have their own clocks, that why yes. wouldn't your gut have it too? Yeah. Your bacteria have it. They, they have a time when they want to be sleeping. <laughs> you know, you, you feed them during that time, they'll be mad and they introduce inflammation. I know, I don't know if you're aware of uh, work by Michelle Gooms is at University of Florida and she studies just the clock and impact of clock genes on cardiovascular disease and how uh, modulating your circadian rhythm can impact cardiovascular disease in the context of inflammation. But there are some that microbiota that are sensitive to the circadian rhythm. And also there's a study that uh, by Dr. Mao that, you know, recently published that uh, this time-restricted feeding reduces the detrimental effect of a high-fat diet and by modulating the circadian rhythm of hepatic lipid metabolism. That's a mouthful, but the specific pathways that, you know, these microbiota are acting through, and this is acting through the liver. So it may be good for me to kind of cycle this then if I wanted to, like maybe a couple days of week, eat in a time-restricted period, and then a couple days of the week, just, you know, I'm not eating all the way. I usually stop eating by five or six o'clock. I usually, (laughs) yeah, I don't sleep well at night. I found that, uh, because I'm, being in technology and looking at biomarkers, when I eat past seven o'clock, um, yeah. my heart rate variability decreases and my resting heart rate increases. Well, think about it. If your gut's full, then yeah. what's happening? Your body is having to usher blood there. It's having to do work. My body doesn't want to be doing that. I want to be in a parasympathetic state so that I can yeah. get into deep sleep. And it just doesn't work for me. But this is super interesting. I have one more question for you. Somebody that studies this all the time. Is it Kind of weird to think that you have this whole other community living inside you. It is, uh, it is strange. And that community, the genome of microbiome, is the genome that it, it encompasses, it is even much greater than your actual genes. What? So that, yeah, it's, it's much greater. I don't have the numbers, exact numbers, like, but it is, it, is much, it is much greater. And it's not just in your gut, it's on, in your skin, it's in your mouth, it's in your nose, and it's everywhere. Wow. So we are not alone. <laughs> Forget about aliens. The aliens are inside of us, we but they help alone. us. It's yeah. a symbiotic relationship unless things get out yeah. of whack. And this, and so- this relationship, we have to take care of it. We have to be intentional about taking care of this microbiota we live with to be healthy, to be happy. Mm. Thank you so much for joining me. This was an awesome conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate and I've enjoyed the conversation with you. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you want to support the show, please consider leaving us a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.